Welcome to the Watering Hole Football Podcast. Alrighty, welcome into another episode of the Watering Hole Football Podcast. I'm Dylan Lund. And I'm Colton Sorensen. We're back. Finally. We're back. Took a while. Um... No reason we were gone. Well, last week there was. Last week there was a little bit of COVID running through your house. And... Yeah. And we, we record at my house, so we can't really meet in a COVID-filled zone. So Yeah, probably not. Um, last week was was my wife's fault. We're going to blame her for that. Sure. The rest of it, we were just lazy. Yeah, let's be honest. We we could have talked about random shit, but it, we wouldn't have felt real strongly about anything. So. Yeah. Like to be fair, like the last probably about a month or so is just, it's kind of the, it's the, the, just the drag of the season, you know, ever since we haven't recorded since Kirk got hurt. That's true. So I think that's a little bit of our, it kind of took the wind out of our sails that our own team just kind of died. I, I am okay with blaming it on that. So I think we'll go with that. I've been kind of getting into all the other teams a little bit more now since I don't I don't trust the Vikings to win games. So Yeah, but now there's no expectation. Correct. So I mean, I had, a, had a fun little run. It's okay that they the last got couple games. beat by the Bears in the most disappointing fashion of any Vikings game I think I've ever watched. On national television yeah. in front of a big audience. Yeah. Hey. It's fine, though. On the bright side. Maybe Kirk wasn't the problem in primetime games. They, wh- <laughs> Wait, who are you saying it is? The entire fucking team. Oh, everybody else? No, just the entire fucking team. Oh, the team as a whole. Yeah, like, like the organi- like that, our entire organization. The entity of the Minnesota Vikings. Cannot win big games. Oh, okay. I think that's what I'm getting. It's not Kirk. Correct. Hashtag not Kirk's fault. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to get into a few things. Um, I want to have a couple of discussions, and the first one is going to be about the Carolina Panthers and how fucked they are, and I don't know how they fix it. So Frank Reich, their head coach, was fired 11 games into his first year. This is the second coach fired in a span of, like, a year and a half for for the owner David Tepper, who has taken a very hands-on approach. Second owner with the Panthers. It is his fifth in the last two seasons of ownership for both of his franchises. He also has an MLS team, from yes. what I understand. And he's fired three coaches. He there. likes to fire coaches. Yes. So from what I <laughs> this is the funny thing. From what I understand about David Tepper, so he he's just some billionaire, right? businessman right so he's decided that if whatever he wants he apparently goes and gets and that's what that's what he does that's the business kind of man he is I the don't... thing that was said about him when he first got the job is he closes deals yeah okay all right man that... what does that mean for the nfl what, what does that mean for a football franchise apparently what it means is if he doesn't see success within the first year or two you're fucking gone Mm -hmm. and that's not really how you build a franchise and i don't know if he knows that yet uh he will learn at least i hope he does because if you keep doing it the same way you're gonna go through a lot of coaches yeah so and also a little bit of context so the panthers traded uh Traded a first-round pick. Another first-round pick. Another first-round pick. Uh, second, couple, couple seconds. I think a second and a third. And DJ Moore. And DJ Moore to go up to the number one overall pick. Now, he had a press conference on Wednesday. Tuesday. He had a press conference on Tuesday. We are recording on Wednesday. Where he said that the, the, the thought was that they were actually going to trade up to the number two pick, and it was going to be kind of like a three-way trade between the Texans, the Bears, and them. 
the Texans were going to go to one, they were going to go to two. And they were assuming that Bryce Young was going to be the first pick by the Texans. It ended up just being a two-way trade where the Bears got fucking everything from them. Mm-hmm. And they picked Bryce Young. And he 100% stands by that Bryce Young pick, although not giving a super giant boat of confidence for it. And then deciding that his coach is the problem. I don't know. <laughs> Tell me where this organization goes. Because they have nothing. They are in a situation where... You have a quarterback that's struggling. He's a rookie, so a lot of rookies struggle. And to be completely transparent, I think Bryce Young is going to be fine. I do too. I I think think he is a good player. He's been accurate. He's been, I think he's been almost everything as advertised, but you can see he's shaky. Yeah. But he is the player that was advertised from the draft. So... You got a quarterback struggling. You have an offense with no weapons. It it just doesn't have any juice. They don't have any... The offensive line is bad. Yeah. The weapons are not getting separation. The 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 play calling not, it hasn't been great, but I don't know what you do with these players. Well, the offensive concepts, even themselves, are just boring and static. Like... So I I watch uh, a channel on YouTube called the QB School, and he just, it's it's a former NFL quarterback, J.T. O'Sullivan, and he he watches the film, and then he breaks down the film in a very detailed way. Like, he'll go through the All-22, he'll watch the play, he'll say what happens, and he'll kind of go through and say, like, he'll literally take his mouse and draw the play. Okay, this yeah. is what this play he, is. He has a telestrator, which is cool. Yeah, and and he, he he's done a few different videos on Bryce Young and just the the plays that they run and the actual like structure of what this what the offense is. I I don't know how any quarterback could be successful in in that kind of offense. Like, so what you're saying, Frank Reich was the problem. But I don't know what you can... I don't know how you can change it, though, because the playmakers are not good enough to Correct. run the kind of offense that would be successful. And that's why I think it looks like Frank's Frank Reich's fault. Right. But it's not. It is the lack of ability to be different. I feel like Frank Reich was doing what the team could do yeah. To the best of his ability, trying to put Bryce Young in a situation where, sure, you can take some deep shots, you can do whatever, you can have a vertical passing game like he had at Alabama, but you're not going to get open wide receivers. So you're just going to, you're going to ruin him like Zach Wilson was ruined. You're right. going to, you don't want that. So but, what he's trying to do is get, drop easy passes, drop situations where, you can kind of get into a rhythm, but the problem is the offense is so bad that you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, when every single like third and medium or second and medium is essentially the same concept where every receiver just runs forward, gets to the sticks, stops, turns around, and looks for the ball. Yep. Like, their entire offense is just like little hitches, like little out routes, like it there, and they don't have any players that can threaten vertically, so the defenders are just sitting on those routes because they know they're not going to run by them. So this would be a true, truly good offense for the Vikings fan that was sitting behind us that one game to be there because <laughs> he just kept talking about timing routes. All he wanted was timing routes. Everything screens, timing routes. <laughs> Everything was timing routes to him. This entire offense is timing routes. And Bryce Young has good timing, but the guys don't have fucking separation. Correct. And they don't threaten the defense at all vertically. So the defenders are just sitting there waiting for them to stop so they can break on the ball. Yeah. Like, that's the which, that's their entire offense. Which makes it really fun to play defense against them, I bet. Oh, I bet. Yeah. 
when you know what's happening just as much as the quarterback knows what's happening, it's a bad combo for offenses to succeed. Yeah, and so so they have one win on the season. Uh, they are probably going to end with the worst record, which is going to give the Chicago Bears. I say the they first they win pick. two more at most. I think they'll win one more. Uh, two more at most. I think they win one. At most. Yeah. Um, they don't have their first. Like it would be okay if they were bad and they could get a good player because they're bad. You want to know what would be really good for them in this situation? Maybe a Marvin Harrison Jr. Someone like that. He'd probably be real good. Yeah. Maybe a maybe a number one wide receiver would be pretty good. Just anybody Just that can separate? Yeah. At all? A- anybody? Uh, but yeah, they, they a, have... A, a weapon, an offensive lineman maybe even? Sure. Something like that? But, you know, they don't have... They don't have any draft capital to recoup the talent. They don't have... What are they getting out of their first-round pick this year? They are getting Chicago a new quarterback. Basically, yeah. That's rough. Yeah. That's rough. Like, if the Bears are bad enough, like, this trade for... This trade could jumpstart the Bears into a, like, juggernaut of a franchise. Like... Is this... Is this the the modern... the, The trade? Like... The, the Dallas starting their team trade? So, I don't think it'll get to there because, like, I don't think the Bears are going to end up good enough no matter who they take. But it'd be kind of fun if that was the situation. Because then the Vikings aren't the butt of all the jokes anymore. Right, but the the beneficiary is, is in, in our, our division. division. Yeah, that's true. So that's less than ideal. I still think it'd be fun. Fuck, what was his name? Who do we trade for? I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and let you figure it out. I can't I can't for the life of me think about it. <laughs> I, I can't think of it. It's gonna come to you. We're gonna continue doing the podcast. I want you to just keep thinking about it. It'll come Literally to you. Literally the only name that comes to mind right now is Chuck Foreman, and that ain't it. <laughs> he did play for us. <laughs> I know. <laughs> all right. I I think that's all I have to say about the Panthers. Uh I, I got one more little note. Um so, maybe a couple things. Sorry, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna ramble on a little bit about this, but Go ahead. Um, I feel like there is. You could make the argument that Frank Reich didn't do enough to try to fix the offense. You could make that argument because, like, I think you could, but from, it, it's from a the, tough argument from me. the start of the season to where they are now they haven't really changed a whole lot. It has, it seems like they haven't tried to change a whole lot to try to get it to work better. I feel like there's an argument there. My question is, what do you want him to try? With the talent they have there, Anything. it is so hard to fix that. I don't think I've seen them run mesh an entire, like one time this year. Don't you know, like they're not running anybody that's running away from coverage. It's all just straight at people and then stop. You know what I mean? Like true. Any kind of trying to get people to run away from defenders and not at defenders. And I, I, I don't think I've seen that all year. So A lot of that means that you see man coverage. Sure. They see man coverage less than any other team in the league because the zone coverage covers up all the plays that they're running. Right, because that's the only plays they run. So if they would <laughs> run a mesh on zone coverage, it wouldn't work because you're passing guys off. I mean... You need to have playmakers that that threaten. You yeah, have, you have to have to guys get that can man threaten. coverage. Is you need those threats or and a run game that it. works. That too, like <laughs> it. In order to see different defenses, you have to have the ability to challenge a team. Yeah, and they don't. So I just don't think you can run those plays on as much zone as they're seeing. I just I think that's maybe they could try. Like maybe they should should throw something different at them, right? And I don't know I, if it would work. I think that's probably the best argument that I could give is it didn't seem like he tried to do enough. He probably did, and maybe I'm just not paying attention enough about it. But like, it's it's not good. Also, the last thing, who, like, with the state that this organization is in, who the fuck would would want to take this job? 
why would anybody want to take this job? Can I jump in here? Not me. Like I don't. I would love to be an NFL head coach. Not here. So not here. Not here. Like if anybody has options, they're not going to pick this one. Unless. No. No. Hear me out. No. Nobody's going to. Nobody's going to take this listen, one on purpose. Listen. Money. The one thing David Tepper has. He's got a lot of money. A lot of money. Yeah, he's already paid two other coaches for the next five years. Maybe he doesn't give a shit. He Obviously, he doesn't. Maybe he will pay the next guy a lot of money to come. And if somebody wants life-changing money, that might be what he has to offer to get him. But I, I feel like most guys are in the business because they they want to be a head coach. They want to be a good football coach. And they think they're a good football coach. What the problem is, if you go to an organization like that and you have the most disastrous head coaching tenure, that's on your resume. And hey. your resume is going to be looked at like you, like fucking Josh McDaniels. That's what they're going to see it as. But listen. So like. If somebody offered me $30 million over three years to go be a stripper, it would be disastrous. Okay. No, I get, I, I understand. But, but damn it, I'm doing it. But do okay? you want money is a motivator? But are you trying to be the best stripper ever at that rate? Do you? I don't frankly give a shit. See, I, I I'm, think I'm I'm thinking you can sign somebody nearing the end of their career, a Brian Flores, a guy that is I, already I on the that. way on I the way out. That, you know, yeah. something like that. That he just wants to grab that little extra money before he leaves. You can get guys like that, I feel like, for the money. Are they going to be the right fit that's for the not, team? Not. Probably not. So I, I, I think, think they the, the point that needs to be made is this situation is so terrible. It's so bad. That to get the coaches that would actually make a difference, it's going to be near impossible. I, did, I think that's what you're trying to make. Kind of, yeah. I, I did hear one name. That I just kind of laughed at. So David Tepper's got a lot of money to throw around. Yep. What What if he makes a call out to Boulder, Colorado? Coach Prime. Coach Prime. I bet. I bet he would absolutely take the job. Teams better get on the phone and start calling for Bryce Young. Like hundred percent. I because because if if Dion's coming to. Carolina, so, so is Shadur. <laughs> so, I mean, you Dude, get, get all the phone. get all the kids up in there. Yeah, make this make this the uh, the Sanders. To be fair, the Carolina Sanders think, is. Think about it though, if if Dion comes right, Shadur comes with him. Yep. Then you got you can get probably a first round pick for Bryce. I would think so at this point. Yeah, there's your first round pick back. One but, of them. There's one first-round pick back. Is it going to help you in the long run? Probably not. But, hey, I mean, it, it is fun to it's fun to think about. I, do I want to see it? Fuck no. No, no, I do not. No, I don't. But it it would be in, it would be a David Tepper thing to do. I feel like the, like it's a non-zero chance. And Correct. that and that's what's fun to me. Yeah. That does make it interesting. And All right, you got to offer a lot of money for that. Oh yeah, and Dion seems like a kind of guy that you go, yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, you you know you 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 give him like a twenty five thirty percent pay increase from what he's doing yeah. now to be an NFL head coach. Yeah, hundred percent, he's gonna fucking do it. Yeah, will it be successful? Absolutely, Who the not. fuck knows, but I don't think so. All right, uh, we're gonna move on. Uh, so over the last week or so. I don't remember when this exactly was. I think it was Monday. Last Monday, though. Yeah, I think it was It was last week. Early last week. Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. Sure. Tom, Tom Brady has some comments. Yeah, so he went on... I think it's on Stephen A. Smith. Um, I can't remember what it was on. I don't yeah, think I saw the question being asked. I just saw the show itself. Yeah, so... We're going to play this clip, and then we're going to talk about it, because I think we both have some thoughts. Okay. Ready? Yeah. I don't see the excellence that I've 
two seconds. Technical difficulties. Okay. I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? And Why not? I think the coaching isn't as, as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. Mm-hmm. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. I think I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott and guys that impacted the game in, in a certain way, and every hit they would have made would have been a penalty. Mm. Your coach is complaining about their own player being tackled and not necessarily, why don't they talk to their player about how to protect themselves? We used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time. Now they're trying to be regulated all the time. Offensive players need to protect themselves. It's not up to the defensive player to protect the offensive player. A defensive player needs to protect themselves. I didn't throw the ball to certain areas because I was afraid players were going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. I didn't throw it to the middle when I played Ray Lewis because you knock him out of the game and I couldn't afford to lose a good player. So, um, to me, this sounds like boomer old man kind of saying the same thing that every generation of the sport has said throughout the entirety of the history of the sport and part of it is the whole this isn't real football anymore and that the they just don't hit like they used to and they're being too soft and like that whole kind of sentiment i feel like is wrapped up in this kind of thing and and when he said, like, it's not the defensive player's job to protect the offensive player, I understand what he's saying, but, like, <laughs> people aren't getting paralyzed anymore. Correct. And people aren't people aren't getting knocked out of games anymore. No, they're For being... For the most part. They're being taken out by officials so that they don't get knocked out. Right. And because it's it's the injury I, I almost know. never I, occurs on that first hit. It's the ones where you come back after just suffering a concussion. Those are the bad ones. Yeah. So like we have safety in the game preventing I don't know, permanent brain damage. Right. We have are there injuries still in the NFL? Yes. There will always be injuries, but like to try to say it's that different now. to try to say that the game is worse because dudes aren't murdering each other is just fucking stupid. And I hate this idea that because we can't try to decapitate the other team that it's worse football. Like just and saying that the coaching is worse, like <laughs> Man, I think, like, yes, coaching back in the day when they had to figure out how to, like, they they literally had to learn how to play the sport. Yes. Like, at this point, there's been so much that the game has seen that the coaching needs to be so fucking good in order to be successful. Correct. Like... You have to do so much to just, like, figure it out. So I have a thought on this, and it's it's the injury part of it. It's the, oh, this game is soft part, and I want your opinion on it. I believe that the game now needs extra protections because the athletes are better. Yeah. So if you would allow the same rules, like if you go on YouTube and look up NFL biggest hits, there's guys that are getting hit in the backfield. Like Ray Lewis goes and lights a guy up. Ray Lewis is not running 21 miles an hour at that guy. Right. The players in the NFL now are running 21 miles an hour at that guy. That is, it's the difference between a an 18 mile an hour car hitting you in a 21 mile an hour car hitting you. It may not see it may not sound like a big difference, but it's a big difference. Well, and also like I think 
when he's saying like, oh, I didn't throw over the middle against Ray Lewis because I didn't want one of my guys to get knocked out. That's, I don't know how you see that being taken out of the game as a bad thing. Correct. So like, I, th- I think like, it, it's, it's, it's one of those things that it just, this, anytime somebody gets hit hard and they're like, oh, they're just throwing the flag because he hit him too hard. No, maybe they're throwing the flag because the guy launched at him with his fucking head. Because, like, a, a perfect example is the Kareem Jackson hit. You yeah. have half of the people being like, hey, he kind of launched at him. And the other half of people being like, he's been doing that for his entire career. He's never been a dirty player. That's just how he hits. Like, you guys are just soft. Like, the protections are in there so that the people making the hit are protected. Correct. Like It, Ryan, it goes both ways. Like, Ryan Shazier... Got fucking paralyzed because he made a hit like that. Because he put his head down. There's a reason why putting your head down and hitting with the crown of the helmet is illegal. It is not to protect the offensive player. That rule very specifically is not in there for the offensive player. Right. That The putting your head down and hitting with the crown of the helmet is to protect the hitter, not the hitty. Right. Because in college football... There has been more of these injuries. Probably Um, because they're worse at football. Correct. Utah, there was a kickoff. I don't remember the guy's name. Um, He he was paralyzed because he was running and blocking with his head down on kickoff. He did not get hit hard, but his his neck compressed and paralyzed him instantly. Right. It's not... The guy he hit got up and was fine. When you put your head down, you're hurting yourself, not the other player. And that's what the rule is for. That's what people don't understand. They're like, oh, these guys can't get hit like that. They're they're just wusses. The offense is soft. No, this that specific rule is to protect the defensive player. Right. And it, it works. When you don't hit with your head down, you don't get paralyzed as often. Right. And... Another one happened this week on the uh, the rookie quarterback for the Browns, Dorian Thompson Robinson. Guy came in, at, I, th- I think it was Browning. Yeah, he came in and fucking lit him up, head down. Well, it it was less about the head down because he he went up, and like he literally jumped off the ground to hit Robinson, you know, kind of in the chin area with his head slash shoulders. Now. Everybody's like, how is that roughing the passer? How like that's a clean hit. He didn't even hit him in the head. Like, what do you want him to do? Maybe instead of trying to launch your fucking your own head at somebody else's, why wouldn't he just go for the midsection that was wide the fuck open that like that's where you're told that you're supposed to hit them? Mm-hmm. Like you can't look at that and tell me that he wasn't trying to hurt the guy, which I feel like that's the part of the game that should probably be taken out of it. As if you're trying to hurt the dude, that's yes. not what the, this is still a game. I understand it's a violent game. Hits happen. Big hits still happen that are legal. It still fucking happens. Yes. So like there is a way to do it you know, legally and without hurting either of you. And I think that's a better product overall. So Uh, I think the launching that's, that's a big part of like the, not only roughing the passer, but like the defensive receiver or defenseless receiver, sorry, is the launching. The only time you need to launch to make a tackle is never. Yeah. So, the only time you should be off the ground if you were a cornerback trying to hit a wide receiver is if you are trying to get the ball out of their hands. Right. With your hands. Yeah. There is no necessary... There's no reason for you to go in the air to try to make contact with your helmet or shoulder pads to a wide receiver's helmet or shoulder pads. Yeah. That It's, it's never been a good tackle. That's never been a tackle that is taught. Yeah. And if it was taught, you were taught wrong. Because that is, 
the the correct way to tackle in those situations are wait until the receiver meets you on the ground because you get more force in a hit. When that receiver touches the ground, you have more chance of knocking the ball out because in the air, they're not going to drop it as often as when they hit the ground. Right. So those plays are stupid and they are in there is intent to injure in those plays. Right. And that is what needs to not be in the game. But I do disagree to a point where, yes, we see big hits all the time. But I see penalties too often on hits that are clean. And I think that is a part of the game that needs to be fixed if we are going to make it a true all-around good product. Because I see plays where wide receivers are coming over the middle. They catch the ball and are lit up in the midsection that I've seen defenseless receiver calls. Right. And I think those situations, if we want to make it a true all-around game, we have to make it known to the referees that unless there is contact to the head or neck area or a launching motion or something like that, that this is a legal hit. And that needs to be a thing that is, if they're going to call it tight, make it reviewable. Make it so that these players aren't penalized for hitting the correct way. In the pocket, please protect the knees and the heads of the quarterbacks because that is a position that they cannot protect when they are in the pocket. Right. If you have a hit where you come in clean, when, when I was taught in football, a correct tackle is coming through hitting with your shoulder and wrapping your arms around the the player you're tackling and following through to the ground. Well, and like you hit it with your face mask, right? Correct. Like you you want to your eyes want to be on your target. Right. And then you you pass through the target. You hit through the target and you wrap and bring them to the ground. That is a correct hit. That's how almost everyone I guarantee was taught to hit. Or should have been taught, at least. Correct. So this body weight on the quarterback bullshit needs to go away. That that If you're trying to teach players to hit quarterbacks the correct way, not in the knees, not in the head, let them follow through and take them to the ground. Yeah. That It's, it's shit like that that makes it very hard for defenders to hit the correct way. Is when you're calling ticky-tacky shit like that, and then they're like, well, I'm going to get a penalty anyway. I might as well hit him hard in the head. Yeah, I, I feel like there is a fine line, though, between like... And and I think they can, they can do it right. But like all of these different like, you know, ways that they're trying to regulate, especially the hits on the quarterback, um, you know, everybody throws their hands up and be like, what do you want the defender to do? You know what I mean? Like... I, I still feel like there's part of it that they need to keep in because I still think if you are driving the quarterback into the ground, like... See, that that's what I think is different. I think there's a difference between driving a quarterback into the ground and the follow-through of a tackle. Right. There, there is a difference. There is that a difference. is where, like, it's become all the same rule now. Yeah. If your body yeah. weight lands on a quarterback, it is not the same thing as driving the quarterback into the ground. Right. Like, and I, I do agree that... On any tackle at all, if you take a player airborne and then drive them into the ground, that should be a penalty. Because at that point, they are a defenseless player. Yeah, There's nothing they can do. It's not the UFC. We're not out here suplexing people. You you don't get two points for a takedown. Correct. That should not be part of the game. But if it's a follow-through of a tackle, it should not be penalized. Yeah, and like the whole body weight thing happened because of Aaron Rodgers and ran into a bar. Correct. And on that play, he fucking drove him into the ground. Correct. Like, but then they use that for like the body weight thing. And I, I do kind of agree. Like, I don't want this to like, this is probably coming off and sounding like I am that, you know, that softy, that just wants the game to be two hand touch. And why don't we just play flag football? Like I'm probably coming off as that guy, which like that's not true, but also like, I understand why we need 
to have the the protections like and at this point like you the other thing that really bugs me is like the rules are the rules like whether you agree with them or not that's what the rules are so just like when hits happen that turn into penalties or fines or suspensions and stuff like that and you just bitch about that like you can hate the rule but like if it's the rule and they're calling it based on the rule like that it is what it is like i don't i don't know what like a do the kareem jackson hit on josh Dobbs, right he stopped he looked at the ground and he launched his head into josh Dobbs chest I don't care that he, like, it doesn't matter that he didn't hit him in the head. And it doesn't matter that you don't think that rule is good. That's what the rule is, so that's what they're going to call. That's been a rule. That is spearing. Yeah. And that has been a rule in the NFL since I have started watching. Right. Well, you I cannot mean that, spear a guy like that. I mean, that's not even a rule anymore. Like, that, that turned into you can't lower your head to initiate contact. Right, but that specific play was spearing. Yeah. Like they had that in the 2000s you couldn't do that. Like that's that's not a new rule in general. That's been a penalty since I've started watching football. Yeah. And like I said, you can disagree with the rule that doesn't mean that they have that they should call it differently based on what the rule is right now. The only way that you can change it is to try to fix the rules. Yeah. Like and I think they should fix some of the rules. I think they should bring some of the like protections back like the body weight thing it's just not doing it for me like a lot of them are pretty it doesn't lame. it doesn't make sense when a player in the middle of a tackle has, has to, to jump off let of go yeah and then we've seen multiple times where quarterbacks are not down yet yeah and then they get away and the defender's standing there like well should i have taken the 15 yard penalty Right. So like I understand some of it, but but to be honest, most of it is just people people want to watch guys get absolutely fucking murdered and they're mad that they can't do it anymore without getting a flag. Like so, that's mo- that's honestly most of it. There is something to be said about the NFL having to protect the players from themselves because there is a mindset that you have to get into in order to go play football. Yeah, 100%. If, if I was not in that mindset, I could not go tackle the way I could. After a game, you you come out of it and you're like, damn, I hurt. Yeah. But you don't feel it at the time because you are in, you're not in a normal human mindset at that point. You are going to war, running your face into shit all, day, all game, you have to try to protect these players because a lot of times they're they're not in the right mindset to protect each other. Like they're, like they're they're not in that mindset. Their job is to stop you from doing what you are trying to do. Correct. Defend every blade of grass, not allow you a single inch. Correct. And so, they're going to do whatever it takes to make sure that that happens. Yes. Yeah, so someone else needs to be protecting these players because you there is a truth to you can't expect a defender to protect the the receivers or whatever. Right. There's a truth to that. You can't expect an offensive lineman to, when he's taught, play whistle to whistle. You can't expect him to go, oh, you know what? I, I won this block. It's fine. I'll just let it go. That's not how it works. They're in a mindset to go kill what's ever in front of them. Call the penalties that are penalties because if you don't, then they'll never get out of that mindset and it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Yeah. So yes, you have to protect the players from themselves, but we have gone a little too far on some of them. Some of them. I'll give you that. I'll give you that on some of them. And the only thing that I would, that I would add to like, you know, the defenders aren't responsible to protect the offensive player. At the same time, as the defender, as the one that's hitting the person, you are responsible for your actions. Correct. So, like, you need to be responsible for what you do. It doesn't matter if if you were trying to hurt them or not. It doesn't matter if you were trying to launch at their head or not. If you end up launching at their head, you can't do that. Like, that Correct. needs to be, like... 
that needs to be penalized. And if people do it repeatedly, I I fully agree that suspensions are warranted. But th- there's a difference between being responsible for your actions and being responsible for the safety of the players around you. Sure. There is that is two very different things. You can well, you I, can I, play by the rules. I and think people also, are trying to make them the same thing, though, and that's the problem. Right. You can play by the rules and still hurt somebody. Hundred percent. Because it is a contact sport. There can be a the the cleanest of clean hits can happen where a wide receiver, let's just say a running back, so that there's no penalty situation where a running back is running through the line and a linebacker meets him in a hole with a perfect tackle shoulder right on his chest, hits him real hard. You can break ribs. You can, you can bruise stuff. You can, I've had it where the, I got the wind knocked out of me on a perfectly clean hit and it hurts like hell. You're struggling to breathe. You think you're dying. That defender did his job. 100%. You can still get injured. But if you, let them hit to the head or neck area, they will get injured. Well, and more people are going to do it. Not just a chance of getting injured. There is going to be an injury. Right. And that's the difference. There's, we understand it's a contact sport. We understand that there are going to be injuries, but there are some injuries that are preventable. Yeah. And that's what you're trying to do. I do want to touch on, the newest thing is the fines that the NFL are handing out. Yes. They are excessive. Yeah. Like to a fault. And I think it's, it's almost like criminal. So I, they are taking players money to the tune of whatever the fuck they want to find them. Yeah. For basic shit. And it is like going through some of these, there was a play last week, Isaiah Pacheco, it, it was in the Chiefs-Eagles game. Was that two weeks ago, last week? That was like three weeks ago. Whatever. In that game where Isaiah Pacheco came through the line, got to the linebacker, and the linebacker and him made contact head-to-head. Both of them had their heads up. Isaiah Pacheco ran through the linebacker. They did hit head-to-head. Both of them had their heads up. Isaiah Pacheco was for, fined like $40,000. Jalen Warren, uh, running back for the Steelers, has been fined like four or five times. I think three or four times. Like $40,000, $50,000 a piece for literally making a football play. Yes. It's the, it's the shit where, okay, was there contact, head-to-head contact or whatever? Yes. But... There is a difference between a football play where there's a reason you wear helmets. Yeah. Because heads will contact heads sometimes. It's not, there's not a situation where a running back coming through can prevent his head from hitting someone else. That's not something that he can do. And if he is, he's running like, what was that one? The one dude that runs like this. Oh, I have no idea. Head all the way back. Like, that's just not. You can't also, find players for doing shit that they have to do. Also, like normal, regular, everyday plays. So a lot of the Jalen Warren ones, and it, 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 so JJ Watt has been really good about like posting on, on on Twitter about like all these clips and the fines that these players are getting, and he's like, "This is stealing money from the players." That's what I said. It's absolutely like a criminal thing. Jalen Warren is an undrafted player, as far right? Was he undrafted? If Either he was way, drafted, he's late round. Man. Like he makes no money compared to a lot of the players in the NFL. Correct. Most of his fucking yearly salary is gone due to fines from him just trying to lower his shoulder and get a few extra yards. Now, the thing about that is when these guys are getting fined for this shit, they're not lowering their head to correct to try to contact with their head. They're lowering their shoulder to try to hit the guy with their shoulder to like try to bust through them and break a tackle. And I, I don't know, I don't know how the league doesn't see the difference. Like the, there's there's clearly a difference between a guy lowering his head to try to hit another guy in the head, 
and a guy lowering his shoulder to hit him with the shoulder. It happens real quick, and I get that. But, like, you have super fucking slow-mo cameras. You could pick everything up. You could be like, oh, that guy's just trying to, like, you know, defenders taught low man wins, so he gets low. What is the running back supposed to do? Get low. <laughs> like, that's how it works. This is legitimately one of those situations where what do you want him to do? Yeah. You want him to get tackled. Is that is that's what you're saying? Well, there's also some penalties like offensive linemen pulling to go get in head and block. There's been times where they get their hands on the defender, both of their they they make contact so their arms come in and they end up face to face with a defender. Yep. And they're getting fined for that. Last week, Amon Ross St. Brown, who was a wide receiver, yep. he got fined like $30,000 for making a block with his hands. Yeah. Like they showed this play and somebody in the comments is just like, or I think whoever posted, they're like, if you have to try to figure out who is that, who the one that got fined was, there shouldn't be a fine there. Correct. Like it is absolutely just stealing money. There was, I wonder if I can figure out, how there was much NFL has made on fines. Yes, this year. Th- that's what I was just going to. There was a, I think I saw a tweet, um, maybe like last week or something, and the entirety of the amount of fines that the NFL hand handed out, the entirety of last year, was somewhere like three hundred million dollars worth. Up until this point, now it's around seven hundred million dollars worth of fines. The NFL is on pace. This was last year. The NFL was on pace to uh, fine $14.5 million in fines. That was last year. Oh, wait. My numbers are probably wrong. They they have tripled that. Okay. Here is a post November 27th, two days ago, 2023. Okay. Okay, the entire 2022 NFL season ended with 166 fines, 166 infractions, so individual fines worth $15,448,694. Through week 11 of 2023, there has been 326 individual fines, for $15,578,867. Yeah, that is the post that I saw. My numbers are way off. Don't. But yeah, it's literally double. And we are 12 games into the season. Yeah. It's just stealing money. It absolutely <laughs> like it's is. Just, it's stealing money. It absolutely is. I, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's, it's a joke. Yeah. It, it truly is a joke. As a, as people that want to see the game safer, it, you you can't do this. Yeah. Well, and okay. So, and the, and this this is kind of where I want to tie it all back into the where where Brady said that the the there's a lot of mediocrity. Yeah. How many starting quarterbacks have we lost? Like eight, ten, eight. I think the number was eight. I don't know how you characterize lost. Well, because like, for instance, technically you lost Ritter. No, no, I, I, I get that. I, but you know what I mean. Like, well, I've seen different numbers, and it's hard to tell which one is accurate. So, like, if we go through it, Burrow, Cousins, Rogers. There's three really big ones right there. Right, Deshaun so like, Watson. There are a it lot has of to be six to eight. There are a lot of players getting injured and a lot of important players for their teams getting injured. And that's not necessarily tied to the overregulation of hits or, you know, it, it like it, but that's the whole thing is like the, there's bad play because people are getting injured. Yep. And like, if you're complaining about bad football, but also want people to be able to kill each other, like, I don't know what you're looking for here. Like, 
would the game be better if you know if Roquan Smith could just deplete Jamar Chase and then lose Jamar Chase for the rest of the season? Does that make the game better? Because like you can you know what I mean? It depends. What carpenters are we getting to replace these players eventually? Right. Like Like are we gonna be NBA from nineteen fifties where you just got plumbers and shit going out there and playing and right. then Wilt Chamberlain, the one actual NBA player out there dominating everybody? Because that's what it's going to end up with. You're going to have one one or two truly good NFL players that are just dominating everybody because all of the good players are hurt. Right. And I don't know. Maybe Tom Brady's just watching his own team, and that's why he thinks that you know play is just bad. Which one? Because they're both bad. (laughs) Like, I don't know, man. Go back and watch some 2002 fucking Bills Dolphins. You tell me that's good football? Fuck out of here. Go back and watch Rich Gannon play football and tell me that's good football. Yeah. All right. We've rambled on about this enough. I think that was a good discussion, though. I liked it. Uh, Now I think we're going to get into a very quick look at the playoff picture and what exactly is breaking on here. Uh, Let's start with probably the more competitive division conference in my opinion the the AFC there there's a couple front runners that I think are kind of key here well, I, Baltimore, Kansas City, Jacksonville, Miami Do we do but, we both we feel we feel pretty good that all four of those yeah, teams are probably going to I think they're going to make it I think those are the teams that kind of have a pretty clear track unless something goes really wrong. So I think the AFC not much to talk about there. The only thing I will say is the AFC is going to be a little fun to see who gets that number one seed because Baltimore, Kansas city, Jacksonville and Miami, all the division leaders only have three losses. All of them do. I don't know if it really matters. Cause I think it might. I don't know. I don't know if home field advantage is really all that much of a thing anymore. Maybe in the playoffs, maybe like, I think the better team usually comes out on top unless some weird shit happens, but that's usually not just the home team winning those games. But I still think seeding does make a difference. Whether True. it's whether it's marginal or not, the, it does the, make a the difference. The good teams play the bad teams, so to speak, you know? Sure. But the wild card is where it gets really interesting. So right now fucking Right now we have Pittsburgh in the five. Fucking mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. At at seven and four. You got Cleveland. In the sixth spot at seven and four. And as of this moment, you have Indianapolis at six and five. Who's their quarterback? Gardner Minshew. Gardner fucking Minshew. Um, the other teams that I, I think are going to be in the mix there you got Houston at six and five, you got Denver at six and five, and you have Buffalo at six and six. So you also have the Bengals at five and six. I don't count them because they don't have Joe Burrow. Correct. I was going to say that just in case somebody else is looking at the standings and they go, well, wait, what about the bank? Joe Burrow's not there. Just forget about it. And Vegas at five and seven. I just forget about it. I don't it. see it. Same with like the Chargers at four and seven. They got too lot, too much of a, a hill to climb. So they're out of there. Okay. So out of. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Indianapolis, Houston, Denver, Buffalo. What three teams are you the most confident in? Pittsburgh. Mostly because of their schedule. And their defense. Yep. Um, The offense did look good last game. They had 400 yards for the first time in like two and a half years. Since Matt Canada took over. Yeah. The first, the first the first two The first 400-yard offensive performance in the Matt Canada era... Oh, wait. After the Matt Cannon. Literally <laughs> the game after he got fired. That's the funniest part. That's It's hilarious. So, I don't know. Maybe the offense will be not as horrendous. I just think they'll I at don't least... don't have a ton of faith in it, though. They'll at least throw over the middle a little, a little bit more. Maybe it'll be a little more multiple. I think they've, they've been winning games already, so I feel like they have... Even if their offense is just a little bit better, they're in good shape to make the playoffs. And it's Mike Tomlin. They're, they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Don't think they're going to win a lot in the playoffs, but right. they'll make the playoffs. So I think we're both pretty pretty confident in Pittsburgh. Who's who's your second one? So right now I have Houston. I think they're just a team. They're, I know we use this word a lot. They're frisky. Yeah. They're a team that they got some juice to them. Yeah. 
Uh, Stroud is playing real good. I mean, CJ Stroud's like a top eight quarterback right now. Uh, he's a top. He's top, top two stats wise. He, like he's right top now. real good. I I mean, I don't know where you want to put him because he's a rookie, but like, yeah, he he looks great. I think Houston would be the team that I have the second most belief in. I think the thing you would probably worry about is their defense. Can but be they be a little shaky. They've been okay. Yeah. So I I think out of these teams, you have Cleveland. Who I who are they playing at quarterback now? Is it Joe Flacco? Possibly. That's is not it ideal. PJ PJ Walker? That's not ideal. I I think um, Cleveland's going to be out of it. I don't think they'll make it. Buffalo. They have a chance, but like their schedule. Some, so, something seems off. So they still have to play Kansas City? Yep. I think they still play Dallas? Yep. And I think they... Do they also play the 49ers? I don't know about that. I... From what I... So they have... So they got the Chiefs this week. L. Cowboys next week. L. Then the Chargers. Uh-huh. That, that could be an interesting game. They're both going to try to lose it. Then the Patriots. Win. Then the Dolphins. L. I don't. I don't know if I see a path. It like as, to me, the team should make the playoffs. They, they should. I think that. I think we can all agree that they should. The team is off this year. There is something wrong with this football team, as a whole. So they're. I think they're automatically out for me. So I. I'm now between Indy. And Denver as my final playoff team, yeah. which I don't think I ever expected. All right, so well, so the Colts have the Titans, Bengals, Steelers, Falcons, Raiders, Texans. Indy. I don't care what the Denver schedule looks like. <laughs> I'm picking Indy. I mean... Indy's going to win four out of the next, what was that, five, six games? They're winning four out of the next six. And then we have the Broncos, and they have the Texans, Chargers... Lions, Patriots, Chargers, Raiders. I'm taking Indy. I think I might. I'm taking Indy. I think I might take the Broncos just because I think. I put <sighs> money on Indy making the seven seed. I, or, or higher. We'll put we'll put a dollar. You got Indy. I got I got Denver. Okay. <laughs> Sounds right. good. We're gonna have to write that down. Otherwise, we are gonna forget about that. Now I can remember it. Can you, though? Sure. I can't remember who I locked last week. So All right. So in the NFC, we got Philly at the number one right now. I think we're pretty solid on them. Yep. Uh, San Francisco at the number two. Pretty yep. solid on them. Detroit at the three. Yep. They're looking pretty good. Pretty clean. Uh, little yeah. hiccups. A couple hiccups with Detroit, I'll say. Yeah, but I think they're they have pretty the, clear cut the winner of the the better the best team in the North right now. Yeah, they'll figure it out. Um, um, we're gonna skip over the four seed because whoever wins that division is going to lose to probably Dallas because Dallas is gonna make it. They're probably gonna be the five because they're not gonna catch Philly. So whoever whoever wins that AFC South is going to get a thrashing by Dallas. That's just what's going to happen. So we're just going to skip over them. We're going to skip over them. And Dallas is in. I think yep. you have two from the AFC or NFC East yep. easily. Yep. Those two specifically. So then basically the only two spots that are up for grabs are the six and the seven. But we need to also say the four seed is any sing any single yeah. one of the four teams in the NFC South, other than the Panthers. I don't even. I don't know. I wouldn't count them out yet. <laughs> I think <laughs> the division is pretty horseshit. Are they mathematically eliminated yet? No, they're one in ten. <laughs> no one has. No one has over seven wins. the The leader of the division has five. Oh my god! So no, they're not technically eliminated. They could win out and make. The- I think they'd probably be tied. They'd probably. have to win a tiebreaker. Probably. But they're That's... not technic until if they lose this week, they'll probably be mathematically eliminated. Okay, hold up for two seconds. We'll just do the South real quick. Between Atlanta, New Orleans, and Tampa, who are you the most confident in? Tampa. I was gonna say it, but like it still feels wrong. It does. I don't I don't trust anything about the Falcons. Nope. I think the Saints are kind of a 
mess. They're a dumpster fire. Yeah. Did they lose they lost, Rashid Shahid for uh, a while? I don't know. I know he left for a that while. That might be a problem if they do. Yeah. So, I mean, we had literally Tampa's at four and seven, and Atlanta at five and six, and New Orleans at five and six. So we both think we're, Tampa's going to make we're, it. We're fairly confident in Tampa. At four and seven to make the playoffs. Yeah. Did you ever think that was going to be said? That's great. Yikes. All right. So this, these last two spots, we got Seattle, Minnesota, Green Bay, and the Rams. Okay. What two teams are you the most confident in? Seattle, number one. I think that's probably the right answer. However... I think the Rams are probably the one that could sneak in. You haven't heard my second team yet. Well, you're going to say the Rams and the Packers. No, it's Seattle and the Rams. Both of them? Yeah. I think they still might have to play each other. I don't care. I don't see the Packers winning a whole lot of games. I don't see the Vikings winning a whole lot of games. Okay, so Seattle schedule... They have the Cowboys this week. Yep. Then the Niners. Yep. Then the Titans. Yep. Then the Steelers. Yep. And the Cardinals. Yep. I think they lose two of those games. Yep. Maybe three of those games. That makes them eight and nine or nine and eight. Yeah. I think that's enough to make it. Yikes. Um, So the Vikings, who are six and six right now. Yep. Right? I don't want them. Uh, they got the Raiders. L. <laughs> Bengals. L. <laughs> Jake Browning, L. Uh, Lions, Packers, Lions. L. 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 <laughs> I don't think we're losing out. But yeah, I, I agree that we. I'm not super confident, but that's fine. I wasn't expecting it. That's fine. I'm fine with it. Packers. Packers play the Chiefs. L. But they play the Giants. Should beat the Giants. Uh, uh, L. Danny DeVito, he's got it going on. Are you going to have every team losing out? Don't worry about it. We'll talk about it. Uh, Packers play the Bucks. Ooh, that's an interesting game. I think that's going to be... That'll be a fun one to watch. Yeah. Uh, They play the Panthers, Vikings, and Bears. W. 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 I... Fuck, the Packers might fucking make it. <laughs> um, and then for the Rams, they have the Browns. Win. Ravens. L. Commanders. Win. Saints. Win. Giants. Win. 49ers. L. Well, win. Last, no. game, last game of the year? 49ers sitting some people. I suppose. Maybe. Win. I don't know. Yeah, win. I... So the Rams with a healthy Matthew Stafford, I probably feel the most confident in. Uh, the The Seahawks have been... They're going to steal a game somehow against a team that they should lose to. The Seahawks have been mundane all year. Absolutely. They've just been boring. Mm-hmm. But they're going to they're gonna grind out a win that they need. I, I can see it. Oh, man. Because I don't like Seattle. So they're gonna they're gonna get a win somewhere. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, these last two spots are kind of who cares? Pretty much. They're who gives a shit? It is between, in my opinion, Dallas, Philly, and San Francisco. I mean, we've known that for pretty much the whole year, though. I think the Lions would like to throw their hat in the ring, but I don't think they're ready yet. Probably not. So I think it's a three-team race. Uh, the AFC is much more interesting because I think on a good day, I could see, a, I could see a the good, Texans a good stretch. I can see maybe five teams actually making a run to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, so that it's a lot more interesting there. NFC is very top heavy. The but, teams that are at the top know that they're at the top. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, who what? So you're picking Seattle and the Rams? Yes. I will not put money on that. I'll take like the Rams and the Vikings. Okay. I'm not putting money on the NFC because absolutely fucking not. 
But I got a dollar on Indy to make it. You got a dollar in Denver to make it in the AFC. Gross. So, <laughs> wonderful. Well, we appreciate everybody listening, uh, if you listen, which we'll see. But, uh, yeah, we're we're back after a long month-ish break. Uh, hopefully we'll be back more regularly now that the season's kind of winding down. There's more storylines to talk about. Things are more important. Yeah, things things have a different feel after Thanksgiving, and we were going to record after Thanksgiving, but well, COVID, so yeah, great. Way to go, Jamie. Yeah, what the hell. But anyway, we appreciate you listening. Uh, if you see our post on Facebook, comment on it, talk to us. Uh, we want to communicate with people if you want to communicate back, so... Tell us if you think the rules are going too far or if some of the protections are needed. Yeah. It, it's a good argument to have if you're willing to actually have a good conversation. Yeah, if you're willing to have a good just, faith argument. Not just yell for the sake of yelling. And you don't... Like, if all you want is to see people murder each other, then, like, that's not a... You can't have a productive conversation. Correct. So we're willing to have a productive conversation with you. But, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Peace.